real quick announcement before we start the podcast. While we were recording, my microphone turned off because that's the way things run here. Uh, so I've had to go back and re-record a lot of my audio, especially the narration portions. So if I go from sounding clear to suddenly distant and in the background, that's the reason why. Uh, that said, I think you can still hear me, and hey, enjoy! To quote the great Tommy Wiseau, Lisa, you're scripting me apart! Because from the fathoms of Western Massachusetts, it's the Script Apart podcast. I've got bad movie ideas, I've got bad movie scripts, and I've got great guests who are here to perform complete blind reads of said movies. Join us as we venture into the unknown and make cinema of the sinful. I'm your host, as always, Neil Bonsteel, and I am joined today by three other people who are also scripting Lisa apart. We've got Christopher Barrett. Barrett. How you doing? We got Kara. Mothman. Mothman. And you know him from last time. He played a great American hero. It's Johnny. Johnny Donaldson. Hi. Hi, Johnny. Hi. Now, Johnny, you've done this before, but these two haven't. I like to ask people about their previous acting experiences. I know Kara plays D&D. I do, and I also pretend to be a lot cooler than I actually am in real life. It works. Chris is an artist. He used to work at our old studio. He used to do all the voices of all the little Lego characters. Yes, and I got to be Yoda once on a uh, um, commercial, which is kind of cool because my neighbor growing up was Frank Oz. So take that, Frank. I made it. <laughs> but, but I also, I also believe myself to be like two golden retrievers in a human suit that are just acting like a person. So that's just you know that's that's pretty good too, right? Are they on each other's shoulders or butt to butt? Oh, I mean that's a that's an industry secret. You're gonna have <laughs> to uh, you're gonna have to find out. I'll ask Frank Oz. Mm. He animated us. Yes. I mean it. he's a <clears throat> puppet. Somehow. It's like a Vincent Adult Man thing, just with dogs. Mm-hmm. Those kids. <laughs> Golden Retriever Centipede. Why not? Uh, anyway. <laughs> I start every podcast with a game. You guys want to play? Now, you want to win because there are rewards. No punishments for losing. Not yet. Now, do you guys know Uwe Boll? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Ah, yes. Uwe Boll, creator of such classics as Postal and Blood Rain and Far Cray and Alone in the Dark, and so forth. I'm going to list some Uwe Boll facts, and you have to tell me if they're true or false. So I'm either Uwe Bolling or Uwe Nolling. <laughs> you have to answer Bolling or Nolling. Or if it's Uwe Bullshit. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can we swear? Don't make the you host can... less clever. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, goddammit. You were to swear. <laughs> All right. Heck, okay. dang it. <clears throat> Let's start off pretty easy. In response to his five worst critics, Bowl arranged boxing matches against each of them. You're, it's totally true. You are Uwe Bowling. You're Uwe Bowling. You're Uwe Bowling. That's correct. correct. 
Did he that. win? Yeah, he did. Question actually. number two. Wow. Uwe Boll only won one of his fights. Oh. Uwe Nolan. He definitely won two of his fights. Hey, I'll go with that. Uwe Nolan. I think he won all of his fights, actually. I mean, I don't think he would, like, pick them if Uwe, he wasn't, like, pretty sure in his, uh, I said Uwe you know, Nolan because he won two fights. I'm going with her. In fact, he won all of his fights. I can tell you, as a film critic myself, we are not an athletic group. You know, it's easy to defeat us, so... Uh, follow-up. Allegedly, Bolt ensured his victories by selectively only fighting opponents shorter and less heavy than him. I'll put it past him. I'd say, I don't know for sure, but it seems like he's a petty kind of guy. So I'll say yes, Uwe Bolin. Uwe Bolin. Uwe Nolan, I think he's a very prideful sort of person. I think you're right. Uwe Bolin. Mm. He certainly did. Is quoted insane. You see what happens when people get hit in the head? They like my movies. God, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna just say Uwe Bolin. I don't know. Uwe Bolin. I'm gonna have to say Uwe Nolan because I think I think you're Uwe trolling us. <laughs> <laughs> he did in fact say that. Uh, Woo! Yeah. He's a weird guy. A documentary based on Uwe Boll was made, and it was named. Choose one. Bowl of Surprises. The Bowl and the Beautiful. Or Raging Bowl. I would say Raging Bowl based off the boxing stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Raging Bowl. I know this documentary too, and the name of it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh. oh I think it's The Bowl and the Beautiful, actually. Oh, okay. Then I will side with you. Take the plunge. But I could be wrong. Foolish, like, foolish. Hey. Chris, you should have stuck. Ha, oh, man. Team Kara ha. because it's Raging Bull. I guess I, wow, I guess we'll swing and really? sw- really? sink into the swamp together, eh, Artax? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Uwe Bull chose not to use the original script for Alone in the Dark because he felt there were not enough car chases. Well, oh, oh, I thought you were going to say more. No, yeah, no. yeah, me too. Uwe no one. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Uwe Bowling. There's got to be more car chases. When you think you have enough, you got to add at least one. I'm going to send this clip to him because you would have a job. That is true. Oh. Damn. No. Now, he might have rejected for other reasons. Potentially, he thought too much of it took place at night. Mm. <laughs> Uwe Nolan. Say J.K. Rowling. <sighs> I'm going to say... I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say Uwe Bowling. I think he wants you to see those car chases in full light. That's a good answer. Oh, I said Uwe Nolan. Chris, you said J.K. Rowling. I'm gonna say J.K. Rowling. <laughs> That's not applicable, I'm afraid. Oh, okay, fine. Then just Uwe Bowling. Sorry. It is not true. Shit. It is not true. He was confused because he thought he was making the Silent Hill film. What if he directed, like, Wario or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I would watch that. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. We all would, and we'd all pay for it. <laughs> but beside that, I'll say Uwe Nolan. I'm gonna say Uwe Nolan. I'll go with that, too. You're all right! Hey. Bull and Ult. Uwe Bull directed five trilogies. I don't even know who he is. 
I'm so sorry. How many of these <laughs> no, movies I have do. you watched, I do. by the way? Or that I would but like I to admit, Johnny is really good. What if Uwe Boll boxed, like, Neil Breen? Like, it'd be kind of awesome. It's a galaxy burning level. Just Yeah. They could fight out in another galaxy, because they would destroy it. It could be know, called the sure. Breen Bowl. Mm. And uh, the judge, could, the uh, referee could be uh, Tommy Wiseau. I think... You're tearing him apart! <laughs> Unless there's some unhurt sequels I don't know about, I think Uwe Noling, I think he's done three Anything else? I think it's just too many. But you're gonna turn, it's gonna turn out to be good. Um, I'll say Uwe Noling. I'm gonna say Uwe Noling because he was too busy going out Blacklight Bowling. <laughs> Ooh. That's correct. Oh. Yeah. It's just a I'm hair sure too many. That. Yeah. Johnny was right. You get an extra bull point. Uwe Boll invited Michael Bay to attend its three-week film school saying he might learn something. Uwe Bowling. Uwe Bowling. Sure. Uwe Bowling. What? <laughs> oh. He hates Uve Bowling, that's pretty badass. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uve Bowling. I want it to be true, so I'll say Uve Bowling. He did. Oh. I gotta it give was... him credit for that. No. If you'd watch it, it's called Blubberella, and it's a remake of Blood Rain, one of the Blood Rains, and with a, just a very heavy set woman. Oh, that doesn't sound original. No, no. it was. Oh, it's not good. It's Damn not good. it. I see the pain I... on your face, Neil. You're. You ah, triggered you yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. In the movie House of the Dead, Uwe Boll intercut footage of the actual video game. Uwe Bolling. He told me that he did in fact do that. Uwe Bolling. Oh yeah, I I had the unfortunate experience of seeing this movie in the theaters, so I know why? for a fact Uwe Bolling. Oh, why? Because I hate myself. Well, the rest of these questions, you know, the answer is substantial. Is there like a safety word when you go to see his movie? Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rest of these questions, you know the answers to then. I will say one of the other questions was uh, to symbolize a character's death, he would isolate them in the woods, the character, and spin the camera around them and then fade to red. Oh, it's like, like a video game death. Yeah. Oh. But he only did it for some, but not everyone. Yep. Oh, fun fact about me. I also saw Alone in the Dark in the theaters. Why? Again, did I hate you, myself. Did you see it Alone in the Dark? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. okay, three more questions. We'll do this quick. Uwe Boll frequently casts Clint Howard in his films. Uwe Noling. Come on, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Uwe Noling. I'll just say... Yes. Uwe. Bowling. Because that's a bit of a dig. And I know you you have an imagination, but I just took a guess. So. Last one. Colin Howard, even though he's been in many of his films, turned down a role in Uwe Boll's unproduced Legend of Zelda film because he thought, quote, the gore and love scenes were maybe too graphic even for an R-rated film, unquote. Nintendo felt the same way and then some. I say no. 
I say Uwe Bowling, I would expect nothing less from this man. <laughs> I'm saying Uwe Bowling because I want that to be true. Unfortunately not. Well, I don't care if it's not. It's going to be true in my mind from now on. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I can't unthink I like that. that. If I ever meet Clint Howard, I'm going to ask him about I that. I may have gotten the question right, but I can't rob the fact that he lives that from now on every day in mm-hmm. his head. I don't. Hey, some other fun facts. On the set of Blood Rain, he kept the budget low by hiring Romanian prostitutes in lieu of extras. I'm going to say I want that to be true. Oh, that's a true fact. Oh, oh, oh that is true. Point. In Blood Rain 2, the villain is Billy the Kid as a 357-year-old Transylvanian vampire. As he was in real life. In real life. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who studies history knows this. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Finally, he is quoted in saying, I do not play video games at all. Whoa. Whoa. You can tell from his movies. You're a dickbag. But he won all his fights, and that's what matters. Fuck. Have you ever watched the Fist of the North Star live-action movie? No. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Alright. I just figured okay. you'd like it. Anyway, sorry. Okay, guys. Okay. Let's get working. Let's get this script going. I kind of, in my head, already figured out who's playing who. But I will allow some leeway. Okay, Chris, you'll be playing two roles... You will be playing Prez Betancourt, your prototypical sinister hunter millionaire, has been attempting to seize control of Mount Peekapop for his entire life. Oh, okay. You'll also play, also play a guy called Yorgle, a friend everyone wished they had. Oh, oh, is he like a like a Muppet? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you wish you Yorgle? had a Muppet friend? Trevor is going to Kara. Uh, Trevor is good-natured skibum, mostly a screw-up, but his heart is always in the right place, and you can't defeat his optimism and his forgiving tendency, even though if they're a little naive sometimes. Okay, all right. Trevor would have been John Cusack in 1988. Yeah. Johnny, you'll be playing the part of Allison. Trevor's older sister always seems to have too much on her plate, like, all the time. Uh, She carries the burdens of others, Always on the brink of snapping, yet somehow keeps herself at bay through sheer willpower. Right. Okay. Is uh, Prez like an older person? Yeah, yeah, in his 60s. Alright. And your goal is ageless. Timeless, even. Yes. <laughs> your goal is your goal. Okay, ready? Exterior, base of Mount Peekapop, afternoon. It's a bright one on the snowy slopes of Mount Peekapop, which has been all set up for a race. The ground pickled with bright flagpoles up the mountain and into the peaky distance. An uneasy silence permeates across the base of the mountain. The only sound, the fluttering of the competition banner that arcs over the finish line. The banner reads, Spirit of the Mountain Qualifiers, and off the track is a large timer counting up. It's currently at 2 minutes, 45 seconds. The bleachers are packed with a crowd of nervously quiet spectators, bundled in their ski jackets and eyeing the timer as it approaches some dreaded deadline. In the announcer's booth is Allison Long, wearing her puffy parka and enormous earmuffs. She, too, is staring up at the Great White Mountain, fidgeting subconsciously with her mayor's sash. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at 2 minutes and 45 seconds and still no sign of Trevor. I mean, the racers. For many of these competitors, this is their last chance to qualify for the Great Spirit of the Mountain competition, so unless they miraculously appear over the crest within the next few seconds and beat the four-minute mark, there's... Oh, oh, I think I see something! 
The crowd gasps and leaps to their feet, scanning everywhere on the peak of the snowy crest for anything. Their hands are loaded to start applauding, but they never end up clapping. They can't see a thing on that crest, except for a little bunny hopping around. No, sorry, I was wrong. Just a bunny, everyone. False alarm. The crowd collectively sighs and sits back down in defeat. I was wrong, folks. Straight up wrong. Just like how I was wrong to think this competition would save this town from bankruptcy and pending corporate buyouts. <laughs> Say goodbye to everything you love about our little town because I was incorrect. New Spirit of the Mountain will be the dream that we can ever keep Pikapop from imploding and... Allison is interrupted by Hunterson, her mousy, skittish comptroller who clears his throat loudly to her. Allison looks down to Hunterson, who not so subtly gestures toward the bleachers, where the crowd is staring at her, aghast. Uh, by, I mean, by which I mean, while we wait for the comp competitors to finish, why not hit up the concession stand for some locally made hot cocoa, or pick up a sweatshirt, or, or pick a pop bobblehead at the merch tables, because we might be here for a while. Hunterson nods violently. In one hand, he holds up a sweatshirt that says, I peeked at Pika Pop. In the other hand, he holds a bobblehead of the mountain, which is as lame as it sounds. As the crowd settles back to watching the mountain, we see the only person in attendance who seems to be enjoying himself. Perez Betancourt, a distinguished man in his 60s, donning a hefty handlebar mustache and dressed in fine furs. There's a smug smirk across his face as he looks through his opera glasses. Through the point of view of the glasses, we see a very distant plume of snow circulating in the air. The aftermath of an avalanche. Prez lowers the glasses, then pockets what looks like a remote control with a single large red button. Oh, Trevor. Poor, poor Trevor. You should have known not to meddle in adult affairs. I am the tides of chains and you are a paddle boat with no paddles. Hopefully this is a lesson you'll learn as you stew under 20 feet of snow. Wait, I see something. It's Trevor. What? <laughs> the crowd leaps again to its feet. Sure enough, up on the crest of the mountain hill is Trevor Long, blasting down the mountain on a snowboard, tilling a wall of powder behind his furious speed. Trevor is a kid in his mid-twenties, dressed head to toe in so much snow gear you can't make out any of his features. The crowd erupts in cheers. Prez attempts to use his glasses, but the crowd is too rowdy. Oh, can this be? Hey, you stop it! Sit down! Watch with that hot cocoa! Oh! A mug of hot cocoa is spilled on his lap. Meanwhile, Trevor keeps on his blazing pace down the mountain. Allison leans into the microphone. It's gonna be tight, but at this speed he might just make it. He's just now approaching the flagpoles. Trevor effortlessly turns between the flagpoles without losing a bit of speed. Wow, he's carving those flagpoles up like hot hams! Folks, he could actually pull it off. Trevor's at the final stretch before the finish line. Trevor leans forward, arms out like a diving hawk, and picks up even more speed, tearing down the slope in an unwavering straight line. And then whoosh! Trevor speeds past the finish line. The timer blinks his final time. 3 minutes, 28 seconds, 13 milliseconds. The crowd is elated. Their cheers becoming somehow louder as they jump up and down in celebration. Three minutes and 28 seconds. I can't, he, he just, that's a new record. He didn't just do it, he broke it. Trevor Long, that's my little brother, he did it. Allison drops a microphone and hugs the unsuspecting Hunterson and spins him around. She looks back down from the podium and sees that Trevor hasn't let up his pace. He's still boarding away. 
Trevor, you won! You can stop! Trevor doesn't listen or can't hear as he zips it further and finally right into a large equipment tent. Allison is confused, but too you work it to give it too much thought. Just what is he? Oh, whatever. Hunderson, take over. I'm going down to congratulate Trevor. She shoves the microphone into Hunderson's chest and leaves the podium. Finally, Hunderson's time to shine. He brings the microphone to his face, opens his mouth to speak, but then is swept up by a boisterous crowd that engulfs him. Interior, equipment tent, continuous. Admits a dissipating cloud of loose snow stands Trevor on his snowboard. He stands motionless for a moment before looking around his environment of tables, chairs, boxes, and scaffolding equipment. From behind a box, Trevor's head pops up, checking to see if the coast is clear. When he feels it is, he leaps out. Ah, that was so incredible! That was so gnar! You did it! Trevor steps out from behind the boxes, and he's wearing nothing but thermal long johns and a scruffy hat. And they totally bought it, too! The snowboarding Trevor finally pulls his goggles and mask off to reveal it's Yorgle, the Yeti. He's smiling his toothy and tusked wide grin. He gives a strong thumbs up. I'll still, bro! And now that Trevor and Yorgle are facing each other, there's a pretty clear difference in height with Yorgle towering slightly over him. You know what this actually means? We could actually pull this off! We're in the finals! The finals! Just a few more races and we could win it all! Got it in the bag! Oh. All right, all right! Huh. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> well, let's let's start with Yorgle. Okay, everyone gets everybody gets one. <clears throat> Got it in the bag! All right, all right. Phew. I just need to get out there before anyone catches on. Quick, we need to change. Right on, boss! Yorgle passes his goggles and hat over to Trevor, who rapidly puts them on. Yorgle then pulls off his pants and hands them to Trevor. While Trevor is still pulling up his pants, the tent flaps get thrown open as Allison bursts through. Trevor, that was amazing! All three of them freeze. Allison bidstep, Yorgle pulling off his jacket, and Trevor stooping over to pull up his pants. There's an awkward beat of silence. This isn't what it looks like. Allison's eyes dart toward Yorgle. Yorgle looks around nervously. Allison's face contorts between terror and anger, unable to safely land on either expression. But it's certain she's about to burst. What? That's a... That's a... Yeti! Trevor hops over to Allison, pulling up his pants finally. Keep it down! It's a real live Yeti! A Yeti! She grabs Trevor by the wrist. Come on, we need to get out of here! She tries to lead him out of the tent. Yorgle starts to look around in panic himself, ready to make an escape. However, Trevor pulls Allison back. No, 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 everyone, stop! Stop! Allison, you don't understand. He's a friendly Yeti, and his name is Yorgle. Hello. Yorgle gives a sheepish wave. This beast has a name? Hey, now. Yes! And he means us no harm, I swear. How long have you... How do you know his... What's going... Allison looks between Trevor and Yorgle. Several times, she sees the loose jacket. Trevor only wearing pants, the snowboard by Yorgle's big furry feet. Everything becomes suddenly clear to her. No. Please tell me you aren't doing what I think you're doing. I... Well, you see... If you, if you just let me explain... 
Allison stares him down. It's a look that says, this better be good. This is exactly what it looks like. Snow bro? Oh. My. God. It's for a good reason, though. Allison looks primed to really lay down the verbal hurt. Yorgle claps his hands over his ears. Allison opens her mouth to speak again, but stops because the sound of joyous crowds are heard approaching the tent. This isn't over. We will talk about this later. She spins around and storms out of the tent. God, Trevor. A silence overcomes the tent. Trevor breathes a sigh of relief. He looks to Yorgle uneasily, trying to regain his usual slacker swagger. Uh, that went as well as we could, as could be expected, right? Yorgle thumbs down. Nice knowing you, pal. Exterior, base of Mount Peekapop. Moments later, the joyous crowd is gathered around a winner's podium. Allison is in front of them, trying to calm them down, buying time for Trevor to emerge. Naturally, she doesn't look as excited as she just was moments ago. Prez lurks a distance away from the crowd. In his hand, he clutches onto a mountain bobblehead. You win this round, but the bout is far from over. Trevor falls out of the equipment tent, still attempting to get his jacket on. Part of the problem is that it's way too big for him. Trevor is awkwardly putting up an excited front. Prez furrows his brow, though. Something's amiss. Trevor clumsily hops up onto the podium to applause. Allison half-heartedly raises his arm in triumph, but both of them look uncomfortable. Hmm, what are you hiding, Longs? Prez raises his opera glasses to his eyes. Through its point of view, we see a close-up of Trevor's shoulders. Trevor is scratching the back of his neck, and then swiping what looks like thick white fur off himself. Prez lowers the glasses, and a menacing grin spreads on his face. He licks his lips. It seems the plot thickens. He squeezes his hand, cracking the bobblehead in it. He drops it to the ground before dramatically heel-turning and striding away, chuckling to himself. Interior, living room, night. We see Yorgle sitting against the wall of the cupboard under the stairs, which has straw and pillows strewn around the floor. Yorgle looks worrisome, hugging his knees close to his chest. He's eavesdropping in on the argument happening in the living room. He sighs deeply. Yorgle make big mess. Allison and Trevor are both red in the face from a long argument that we're just joining. They're standing face to face with enough space between them to be taken up by the large portrait of Henry Long, their father, looking dapper and heroic, dressed in mountaineering gear on the peak of a mountain. How did you think this was a good idea? Oh, well, because this was my only idea, and I still think it was a pretty good one, too. Oh, please, enlighten me. I'm... I'm not a good enough boarder to win, okay? I tried, but you saw me on those first runs. I totally bonked them. There's no way I could have made the qualifiers, but with Yorgle, with Yorgle, we stand a chance. Stop saying we. Why did you have to name that thing? That's just his name. I don't get this. I don't get your hangups on anything of this. You don't? Seriously? I don't. If Yorgle can win the race, we can save the town from Betancourt. We take the prize money and put it back into the town. And he's breaking records! Imagine the press! Isn't this what you wanted for the town? Why can't you be happy for us? Allison sighs, pinching the bridge of her nose. 
For a moment I hoped. I hoped the one thing you were supposedly good at you were actually good at. And to have that tiny illusion gone with everything else blowing up around me, the fact it turns out I wasn't cheering on my kid brother, but rather a yeti is... I can't... Oh, rage rising. His name. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Yorgle. And why should it matter who saves the town so long as it's safe? You know darn well if not for the Yeti father would still be alive today. You don't know that. Oh, but we both do. He went up that mountain when we were kids and he never came back down. All they found were his hat and a single glove. A single glove. He was the best mountaineer and skier this town has ever seen. No way that sad blizzard took him. Not father, not him. Everyone said the Yeti were myths, but you and I, we knew the truth all along. And now to see you palling around with your father's murderer, you're unbelievable. I don't know what took father, but it wasn't Yorkle. He's different. He's nice. He's helping me win this race for the town and the mountain. And, and, and he's the only friend I've had since you started ignoring me ever since you put Politics over family. Oh, I see. I'm the one ruining the family. I enabled all this. It's all on me. Makes perfect sense. Elson angrily grabs her coat and scarf to leave. You keep this quiet, you hear? If word of this ever gets out, I'm completely ruined. Everything I worked so hard for will be ruined. Allison reaches the door. You know what? Maybe if you worked harder, the town wouldn't be in trouble in the first place. Maybe it's not me who's the screw-up of the family after all. Allison freezes. She slowly turns back to Trevor, her eyes brimming with fury. If not for their shared blood, she'd be spilling his right at this moment. You've besmirched the family name long enough. Get rid of that hairy, disgusting thing, or I'll do it for you. She slams the door, shaking all the loose articles of the house. Yeah, well... You're, you're more besmircher, you besmirchering besmircheration. Ah! As the silence overtakes the room again, Trevor releases his anger and sighs. I shouldn't have said that. Trevor shuffles out of the living room and into the hall. He leans on the open door of the stair cupboard where Yorgle sits. Yorgle looks up to Trevor with big doe eyes. Trevor, okay? I'm... I'm sorry you had to hear that. We fight sometimes, but we don't mean what we say most of the time anyway. And I bet she didn't mean what she said about you. It's okay. I'm sorry. I don't ever know what you're saying, buddy. But I sure hope you can understand me. Normal here. You right. Alright. I'm going to bed. We'll figure all this out tomorrow. Good night, big fella. Trevor walks away toward the staircase. Good night. As your girl follows the creaks of each step Trevor takes up the staircase, from under his thicket of fur around his chest, Yorgo pulls out a circular locket. He clicks it open. Inside we see an old photo of Henry Long, smiling wide with his arms around two children, Allison and Trevor. Fade out. I like how you essentially made Harry and the Hundersons. Oh. I made a better version. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. 
<laughs> that movie has no snowboarding. It has no snow. The missing piece. It's got a. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons meets out cold. Meets snow buddies. <laughs> it's the Walkman. Is <laughs> John Lithgow in this? Um, he's Yorgle. He'll be Yorgle. Yeah. Um. This is the point oh. I like to ask you guys your thoughts so far. One of my thoughts was, was I supposed to be speaking in an in, like unintelligible language the whole time? Uh, yeah, kind of. I thought it was funny how we could understand you, mm. and then Trevor says, wish we could understand you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I then like I that. realized I fucked up. Like, That's <laughs> funny. Oh, well, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm yorgling. In all of us. We're all Yorgle. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I would like to point out uh, that that Sony Yeti movie. I'm upset by it. Smallfoot. Yeah, Smallfoot, because I was working on it before then. But also, there's a character called Orgle. What? No yeah, way. in it. I just found out, but like five minutes before the podcast. I thought like he was like a reference to that guy in like like in the the movie. Yeah, Mothman. Yeah. The Linguini incident. No, it did. Freaking the Hunger. Th- Got it. There, yeah. Let's just go with that. I don't know. The dwarf guy Labyrinth. in uh, in Labyrinth. What's his name? Oh! Uh, uh, Noggle. Yeah, I thought, you, I thought he was like Noggle. But he's a Yeti. Well, then he's like the other guy from Labyrinth. It's not David Labyrinth. Right. Mothman. The Bog of Eternal Stench. Swamp yeah. kicks. Yeah. I know you know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Okay. Um, questions. Was it clear that Yorgle is Trevor's father? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. How's it clear? Trevor gasped. What? You guys just, like, you guys just rolled with We just it, lived like, it. Yeah. yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to save my gasp until you said fade out, because I felt like it would be intrusive. Fade I out. felt like it would... <gasps> I kind of figured okay. that out when you said uh, the father went up the mountain and got murdered. Oh, what? Well, yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah. You really had it... You saw it coming? Or... I see way too many movies, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I think you're all doing a fantastic job. Uh, the role of Trevor, there is a you have a second role in here, and then we'll find out what it is. All right. Okay. Here we go. Grace slash Yorgle. No. Yorgle the Yeti. Oh, I must get back to the haberdashery. <laughs> now what you should do with this one is switch the accent, so. Should I? <laughs> Just apply for people. Here we go. Exterior. Yorgle's cave. Dave. Exterior. <laughs> this is Yorgle's cave, Dave. Exterior. Exterior. Yorgle's cave. Dave. The blizzard pounds down on the cave hole that was once Yorgle's home on the otherwise desolate cliffside. The wind howls and gushes around Allison, who's on all fours before she slowly pushes herself from the thick feet of snow to unsteadily stand. Her hair tasseled, her yeti costume ragged, her back to the cliff's edge. Things are looking rough for her. Many paces away is Prez Betancourt, looking equally rough. His hunter's gear has holes in it. Half his mustache is singed off. 
his hat askew. He doesn't seem to notice. Clutching his rifle to his chest, he breathes deep and heavy. His evil smile reveals that he is lost. You've been very, very clever, Miss Mayor. You have been much more keen. However, pull the wool over this wolf's eyes. All traps failed. All decoys run. Allison has but one last resort. Buy time. We always knew it was going to be a long shot. We knew it would be impossible to stop you. Smart girl. But we still have one more trick up our sleeves. Oh? You have another feeble ruse to be deployed? It had better be a good one. You've left me no other choice but to appeal to your sense of morality. You don't have to do this, Bedencourt. Only you can stop this madness. Ha! Negotiation? Is this the guise of the beggar? I have no intention of assuaging my mania. You see, you left me no choice. You children have driven me to the end of my road, so now I've put you at yours. Now tell me where that damned yeti is. This destruction, this hatred, look at what you've become. Is, this all, is all this really worth it? It absolutely is, sweet girl. You see, when I put a bullet in that beast, I put a bullet in this silly race facade you and your brother are behind. With them out, my boy wins the race. And I, I win the town. I can't believe this. Is that all you really want? All this for control of our little town? Certainly not. That's only one perk. I take the town, I take the mountain, and I finally kill in taxidermy that yeti that's been eluding me for the past two decades. Imagine how grand he'll look in the foyer of my new hotel. Two birds with one stone, as they say. You have no soul, Bedencourt. You're cruel. And filthy rich, don't forget. Who needs a soul when I get everything I want when I want it? That is not a luxury you currently possess. You have two paths before you. Choose carefully. Where is Trevor taking that foul creature? Prez takes a step forward, moving the rifle from his chest. Allison looks over her shoulder and off the edge of the mountain. She gulps. Exterior, mountainside, continuous. Meanwhile, further up the mountain, Trevor is leading Yorgle up and away from the scene below. Trevor, too, is dressed in a yeti costume, and Yorgle is wearing a floppy ski hat and is clutching his side in pain. The two of them struggle to keep pace with the gusts of snow blowing down on them. Oh. <laughs> it's just a little bit further to the snowmobiles, Yorgle. We can make it! What?! Yorgle cups his ear to indicate he can't hear. Trevor is still marching forward and doesn't see Yorgle. A powerful gust of wind runs over Yorgle. He braces himself by grabbing onto the branch of a nearby dead tree. He turns to look down the mountain. Through the few pockets of clarity in the sheets of snow coming down, he sees the scene below. Allison back to the mountain's edge by a slowly encroaching prez. Yorgle waves his arms to Trevor, attempting to get his attention. Trevor! Trevor! Trevor doesn't hear him. Ollie! Help! Still, no response. As Prez moves forward, Yorgo starts to panic. He frantically looks around, sizing up what few options he has. He sees the large branch in his hand. An idea occurs to him. Yorgo, help Ali! Yorgo snaps off the branch. Exterior, Yorgo's cave, continuous. 
Grizz is advancing on Allison. The longer you hesitate, the farther my prize gets away. The more it gets away, the more your fate dwindles. Tell me where they are now! Allison takes another step back, getting that much closer to the edge. You're crazy! Crazy rich, yes. We've been over this. And now, crazy impatient. I'll never tell you where they are, you, you, twisted old has-been. Wrong answer, child. Prez cocks the rifle. You longs have been a thorn in my side for all too long. But just like your idealistic father, you shall fall to the stronger bloodline. Prez displays a disturbing grin as he runs a hand delicately over the rifle. Incidentally, by the same rifle, too. The threat of falling to her demise no longer concerns Allison at this moment. As a sobering truth, it's her heart. You? You killed father? It was you all this time? Very astute. Prez raises the rifle. And now, with another tragic loss of the Long family member in a mountain blizzard, Peekapop will surely fall to me. See, at this point, it's more like three birds with one stone. Everyone thought Yorgle was the monster, but it's you! You're the real monster here, you murderer! Prez aims the rifle squarely at Allison's heart. Only monsters can survive this mountain. We quickly cut to Yorgle snowboarding down the mountain on a branch of wood. He's closing in on Prez as fast as he can. Prez squints to aim. I accept your resignation, Miss Mare. Prez squeezes the trigger. Yorgle is boarding as fast as he can. No! Yorgo leaps from the branch in front of Allison. The rifle fires off with an echoing bang. Yorgo falls in a slump in front of Allison. He clutches his chest and groans. Yorgo! She stoops down to cradle the alien beast. No, Yorgo, no! Why did you come back? Yorgo, help Allie. Allie strokes his matted fur. You big, dumb, beautiful oaf. Yorgo attempts to smile. Ha ha! Oh, this is delicious. You delivered him after all. However, I'm afraid this doesn't get you off the hook. Prez pops out the discarded shell and loads in a fresh one. He stops short when Trevor comes tumbling down the mountain. Trevor lands face first, then quickly pushes himself up and scrambles over toward Yorgle and Allison. Yorgle! Allison! What happened? He was shot! He saved me! Is he... I, I don't know. I can't tell. Well, well, well. A family reunion. How tasteless. Still, you have gift-wrapped me my victory. And now, for the cherry on top, I can finally put the entire Long family to rest. Prez clacks his rifle closed and takes aim again. Allison and Trevor huddle close to Yorgle, holding each other for the final time. I'm sorry, guys. No, I'm sorry. I, Yorgle. Prez squeezes the trigger. So long. Suddenly, the ground shakes. A deafening rumbling is heard in every direction. Prez goes off his balance, not getting his shot off. What the dickens? He looks all around, as do the siblings in Europe. The ground rumbles again, as a booming voice pipes in from the sky. You. What the devil is going on? You have angered me. Trevor and Allison are equally confused. What is that? Yorgel weakly raises a hand to the peak of the mountain. Spirits. Spirit? Of the mountain? A mean wind swirls around Prez. What is this trickery? 
You, Hunter, have earned my wrath. I will not be phased by this childish prestidigitation. This ends now. Rez hoists up his rifle again and takes aim. He's only able to hold it up a moment before another earthquake ripples through the ground and Prez loses his footing. A crackling is heard in the distance, getting closer and closer. Everyone looks in that direction. Appearing swiftly from the white wall of snow is a deep fissure, snaking its way to Prez. You shall not speak your peace. Prez stumbles back, attempting to escape the creeping fissure. No, no, this is not how Betancourt line ends. This is not! The fisher catches up with Prez, and he tumbles in. No! Prez disappears into his depth. As quickly as a fisher appeared, it fills in, revealing no trace. The blizzard then dissipates, the clouds clear, and the sun shines through. What just happened? I guess the legends were true. Yorgle groans again. Oh, Yorgle, hang in there, buddy. Don't die, Yorgle. Yorgle coughs. He smiles meekly. With a heavy hand, he caresses both of their faces tenderly. I'm sorry. Yorgle, please, no. All snow. Yorgle gives a wavering thumbs up before his hand lowers to the ground. His eyes close as he exhales coarsely, with a smile still on his face. He is at peace. Allison and Trevor drape themselves on Yorgle, weeping. After a moment, Trevor lifts his head and looks down on Yorgle's body. It's glowing. Allison notices, too, and sits back up. The siblings share a confused glance. A beam of warm light rises from Yorgle's body. The siblings look up from the beam of light as it wobbles and slowly takes the form of their father, Henry Long, dapper and strong, looking like the day they lost him. Dad? Dad? Allison, Trevor, it's so great seeing you kids again. You were Yorgle? Oh my god, he tried to tell us. None of that matters, children. I still love you both, and I'm so proud of you. I wish I could stay here longer, but my time has come. I just wish Mom could be here to see this. Henry beams at her warmly. But she is. Henry turns to the cave, and after a moment, a she-yeti emerges from the cave. Mom? The mom, the mom yeti. The mom yeti nods slowly and smiles. She looks over her shoulder, and a tiny yeti child skips up and hides behind its mama's leg. Is... is that... Huh, I've always wanted a younger brother! You've done right by our legacy. You've done right by the spirit of the mountain. Goodbye, children. I will always be with you. The camera follows Henry as he turns and begins to float walk up the mountain. His ghostly aurora transforms into pure light, leaving only a wisp of curling snowflakes in its wake. The camera keeps tilting up the side of the mountain, resting finally on the tip of Pikapop that rests against a brilliant blue sky. Fuck. Wordy. <laughs> you know, I was gonna, I was gonna say you should have ended funny. it with like a freeze frame, but I think that's a good ending too. Yeah. Oh, freeze frame on Yorgo dying? <laughs> Not that, but <laughs> I got like high five over his. Like before I saw, read the ending. At what point it. do they? Wait, wait. At what point do they freeze frame? I 
Well, not knowing the ending, reading the first half of the script, I figured, like, it would end with them all just, like, being oh. together, woo, before, you know, the father part came out. And then, like, oh, this would totally end with, like, a freeze frame. All three of them together, like, high-fiving. But now I know what happened, so I think this is a good yeah, ending. Yeah, I get what you mean, but... But you could also freeze yeah. frame on your little die. Can, can <laughs> I... Has a movie ever ended on freeze frame of someone dying? Probably a horror film, like one of those. Butch Cassidy. Movies. So what? In the Sundance. Oh yeah. Huh. Hey. Thumb and Louise. So like, what like uh, corporate tie-ins will you do with this movie? Pepsi, what what right? celebrity voices will be in it? No, no. Honestly, I think you should fill the script out. Actually, make it as a full script. Put it out there. I think we could definitely get Eric Roberts to do a role in this. Hmm. Um. Is this like? Your your is played by Bob Keckel. Hmm. Sounds fine. That's fine with me. I think it should end on a on a montage of them all all snowboarding down the mountain, and then they jump up and they lose their snowboards, but then they get some sweet Nike or whatever brand <laughs> I'm allowed to say here. I don't know boots, and then they high five in midair, and then they land safely. You know, I think Nike's trying to get into the ski game. Oh, okay. And I think like Oprah Winfrey should come in on like a snowboard and do like you know like a. 60 tail grab and then she's like you know like you get a yeti sibling yeah you, you get, get a yeti, yeti sibling. sibling where's my yeti sibling exactly you just got one. Oh. oh and it just like, i am the yeti sibling oh okay so. oprah winfrey huh yeah she just come and give everybody free snowboards and can't she like at least skate in an o yeah mm. like yeah she... shut up on that mountain you see the o mm. yeah she's the only one that can do the O. Oh, it's like a, it's an ultimate snowboard move. Well, yeah, because yeah. you're snowboarding up the mountain. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making she snowboards. an O. You, if you're making an O, you have to come down the back. Oh, no, I no, it you could were be talking about it could be a loop de loop. Skating. On a flat <laughs> on a flat rink. In this movie, yeah, she can only do that too. <laughs> Dude, she's like way too high level at this point. Like she's like a godlike right yeah, she's like she actually has assistance to the o for her yeah we'd probably have better luck getting god in this movie yeah she brings so up dr true. phil yeah yes phil do the Dude, o he would be funny in an animated movie has he been in an animated movie uh search hard enough yeah probably has a cameo or something he could play like a, a, a an old beaver did you watch banjo the woodpile cat no. That Wait, was by what? Don Bluth. It's like a short, like, half-hour movie. That's what I watched. I like that. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get home. Yeah. It's about a cat that runs away from home. Anyway. Oh. Did you guys ever watch The Bear? No, because it's not a cat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's well thought out reasoning. <laughs> yeah, well, well played, Kara. <laughs> oh. No, I haven't seen the first of Neil's podcasts that will be three hours long. I'm all sorry. about cats. <laughs> you want to do another script? But I will watch it another day. Uh, tell the results. Chris wins with ten points. Wow. Oh, Carrie, you had eight, and Johnny had nine. Yeah, very close. Very wow. Close. Very close. Tight game. Tight game. Hmm. The, the 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 reward, Chris, is you get to name this film. You get to cast it. You get to decide who. Oh my god. You can decide everything. Do I have to come up with a name right now? Well, you can ask for one. 
I might. There's the room. Um, I feel like my brain has died. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. <clears throat> I'm gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to these guys because they're actually smarter than me. <laughs> what do you think? We are definitely putting Eric Roberts in this. I I don't object at all. Either so. as Betancourt or as Yorgle slash Dad. Hmm. I'm loving. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Uh. You play both. Can we have a dance number that sponsored by McDonald's <laughs> in, in the middle of it? It's like it's it's when the town finds out about Yorgle. You know, it's like in the middle of the script. Can the main character like originally be on crutches and then they accidentally trip and fall onto a snowboard and they act and they go down a hill and that's when they realize they actually can not only stand but they're also really good at snowboarding. I don't know why. Let's let's. What do we call this? I don't know why that's a movie. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was just stupid. Can we just call it Yorgle's Cave Dave? Cave Dave. Uh, right. I, I, no, I'm, all right. It is what they just said, because I am not coming up with anything. All right, I'm going to throw some keywords at you. Eric Roberts, yes. Snow. All right, let's, look, we just need a, one solid icicles. pun. Icicles. Snow, icicles. Cold. Cold. It was like, there was something about all snow bros. Mm. Snow bros. What's that? Rachel said, "That's Yeti. Snow Yeti. That's Snow Yeti. That's Snow Yeti. <laughs> that's Snow Yeti. That's Snow Yeti. Like spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so random as well. That's so. So we're yeti. adding kind of a supernatural element to it. I like it because yet because yetis are real. I mean, how about spirit mount, mountain spirits and. People turning into yetis kind of indicates a supernatural element. How about Snow Chance in Hell of being a good movie? Oh, that's the review just right <laughs> <in the room>. <laughs> <laughs> I made this film and I reviewed it. Uh, Maybe one more beer. I'll have okay, okay, okay. Well, anyways. Okay, well, you have Eric Roberts as apparently Bettencourt, Henry, and Yorgle. Can I put one DMX one. in, though? Yeah, as what? Uh, what did you want Yorgle to be? I mean, Eric Roberts could just be the dad of him. DMX could just be the voice of Yorgle. Could DMX be Yorgle? DMX be Yorgle. That's all I want. DMX could even actually make the song, too. It's getting snowing up in here, up in here. Yes. Yes. I agree. <clears throat> Wait, we still man. need to cast Allison, Trevor, Prez, and the other Yetis. Prez could be voiced by undead, um, what's-his-face... Uh, the the guy who broke into the bank in Connecticut. That I can't. He was in Freddy Got Fingered. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. My brain. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um. Rip. Rip Torn. Rip Torn is Prez. Yes. I I think maybe he broke he broke into the bank in Salisbury, Connecticut. Yeah. It always made me laugh. Alive. It's alive in my heart. Rip Torn's alive. Rip He's Torn's there, alive. Guys. We gotta make this quick. Yeah. Does he still live in Salisbury? I should go find him. This anyway. guy <laughs> opens up his mailbox every day, hoping for a script about a yeti. Mm. As most so actors do. Yeah. Spaghetti. I don't know. That's not an actor, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who becomes Allison? Let's. Let's just get Let's just get Miley Cyrus in there and just Miley make Cyrus. it make it. Get that soundtrack in there too. Word up. DMX Cyrus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Dude, that'd be sick. And I have one suggestion for it's just the person who tell who tells them to go. Let's just have it be uh 
um, Mike O'Malley from Nickelodeon's Guts. Just well, add, that's, just that's add that in. That's fresh. Who's playing Trevor? Who's our current rating doofus? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> likable doofus. Mm. It must be someone in like their early 20s. If this is like 2000, I would have said Devin Sauer. Someone from t- the 20s? <laughs> no, <laughs> in their 20s. Oh, in their 20s. I was like, I don't know. We, we could get Chris Pratt in here. He probably doesn't have any work to do. Sure. Yeah, the thing with those, the thing up. with those guys is though, when you when you cast them as slackers, they're like these like really handsome people, and like it's like even if they were terrible at what they did, they'd still probably make do. You know what I mean? Like so, they got to be kind of a little. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's fine. Chris okay. Pratt with okay. Slightly mold. We'll save us some money. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Johnny. 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 Right. Slash Johnny. We're gonna have like a contract dispute halfway through. Mm-hmm. When I walk off set. Oh, you walk through. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, Chris Pratt is the hero in this case. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're gonna somehow edit you in to be like a doofus in the background. Like the the friend. So Molly Cyrus saying like I came in like a snowball. Yeah. Yes. Alright then. Yeah. So we kind of got the dance numbers figured out. Yeah, right. this is good. And um, directed by Neil Breen. <laughs> okay, Breen's okay. taking this one. How does, how does Breen direct a film and not star in it? <laughs> he does, but we just uh, turn the cameras off. So we trick him into thinking. That okay, he is. so you're producing on this. I think we, we should give him the role of Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> I think we'll just drug his tuna and then. <laughs> Have somebody competent direct afterward. How do you know he eats tuna? Because in all his movies, there's all these tuna cans everywhere. He looks like someone who eats tuna. I bet he really? smells like tuna, like he all the time. Like a, a lost cat. <laughs> yeah, he's around. Eats cans of tuna. Yeah, he's like a bunch of cats in a human costume, like unlike me. But golden, but I'm a golden retriever. Uh, That's yeah. actually how we started getting into directing. You know, the director on the first film didn't show up. They were looking for someone. All of a sudden, they some popped up on a can of tuna. Neil Breen came in. <laughs> and he started feeding him, and then he looked at the camera. They're like, "Do you want? Sure." And then once you feed him, he brings more of the yeah, more, <laughs> more, more Neil Breens. Yeah. It's just an army of Neil Breens showing up. And then you need to call animal control. They'll just spay and neuter them really they, humanely. They're impossible to domesticate. Yeah, you cannot domesticate Neil Breens. Yeah, forget about your your Breen the pain. Stream. Wait, who's the who's the I who's the mom? Who's the no, yeti mom? Wait, got, let's have one got, of the babies be just like some K-pop star for no reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Got to get that international. Get that in there. In, so just just pigeonholing the last twenty seconds to be very or disrespectful. We can do a do a really great. We could do something K, where what are the names like KS. Team up with a like a brand of cereal, and it's like if you eat enough of this cereal, you could win win a spot as baby yeti. If you eat enough Chex Mix to give yourself diabetes. <laughs> like frosted shredded mini wheats or something like that? Yes. If you get the like, snowflake shaped shredded uh, mini wheats. <laughs> Dude, I don't, they don't have enough toys in cereal anymore. Yeah. That's something they should fix. This one just has a clump of yaker and that's like a little 
Yeah, but you like end up not seeing it. You just oh, somebody no. just and dies, it, it's, <laughs> or someone finds what they think is a cup of yeti from, and they discover it's just mold. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, that's just cat hair. Sorry. That's brilliant. They have to DNA test it. DMX test it. Um, <laughs> the title is that snow yeti. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh then, God, we've done it. I don't care what you think. That's the title. That's the title. No, I'm, I'm in. I, I love it. My team of really... expert uh, mouseketeers came up with it. Who's gonna cater the set? McDonald's, because remember they're gonna do a dance number. Okay. But it doesn't have to, because Wendy's is more current. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think Wendy's actually cool. Like I don't know. Like, I mean, like, it'll be something like Carl's Jr. or Hardee's. All right, all right, all right. Wendy's is all booked up. How about Jack in the Box? And they dance because he's a snowman, or at least he's a clown, but he looks kind of like a snowman. I don't know. So they do a dance number with that scary murderer clown no. from Jack in the Box. Sonic. You get those two guys in the Sonic commercials but... to advertise it. Okay. They could be there, but like they could be like giving each other BJ's or something in the background. You think that'll, play, that'll spice trip. it up, make it relevant? Just, they oh, I'm sorry. That's, a, that's in the director's cut. We'll have two different cuts, the PG family version and then... Fine. They're not... No. It's literally just one scene with the... Am I... Am I <laughs> laughing? Poor Neil is It was a joke, I'm not going to say. So we're good here. We are good here. That's no Yeti. Uh, let's yep. wrap up. Let's wrap this recap. video. Recap. Yeah, I'm going to shut up. Oh, you want to recap? No, you do it. Okay, no. Uh, let us, th thank you guys so much. That was, that was quite fun. <laughs> I had a good, no, I'm serious. I had a good time. Just so everyone knows, I didn't get any sleep last night, so I'm just an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to cut out, I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Fair enough. <laughs> um, actors, any shout outs? Any plugs? Twitter handles? You're on. Yeah, if you want to find my work, just flip over a big rock <laughs> and then just kind of put your eye really close and try and find me. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at, at Johnny Donaldson. Uh, you can check out my writings for uh, Daily Grindhouse at www.dailygrindhouse.com. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can check out a movie I made years ago called most likely it's available for free on amazon prime it's really cool. yeah i have art stuff but it's like not really worth bringing up you know what i mean right. like i think i think that sounds cool his name's chris barrett and he does art and you can probably find his portfolio online yeah i'm action yeah. missiles on art station and tumblr there you go there we go there we go one nice. word <clears throat> Audio trailer music and mix by Brian Bonsteel. Intro-outro song is Artie Shaw's Rockin' Chair. And a huge thank you to East Hampton Media for providing the equipment to record this podcast. They are a generous and worthwhile organization, so check them out. I am, as always, Neil Bonsteel. You can find me on Twitter at Mayor McFrumbles or email us at scriptapartpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. We hope that your screenplays never get script apart. Fade to black. Yeah.
He's just your average skiba. Hey, ladies, check this out. Ah! She's just your average overworked mayor. No, ma'am, I don't know where your prize poodles are at. Someone get these bagpipers out of here. Oh, Henderson, take over. And he's just a millionaire who wants it all. I shall have Pick-a-Pop in my peck. But there's more to this mountain than meets the eye. Hello! Yora, Yora, Yora? Yorgle. Yorgle? Yorgle. Yorgle? Yorgle. Yorgle. It's a, it's a Yeti. Shh. Keep it down. You don't understand. He's a friendly Yeti. And his name is Yorgle. He's no Bigfoot, but he's making big changes to this little community. Hmm. Just what are you hiding, Bones? Yeti or not, this holiday season, get ready to meet Yorgle. Trevor! Quick, quick, hide in here. Where are you hiding? Wait, what are you doing? Yorgle, From director Neil Breen, starring Miley Cyrus, Chris Pratt instead of Johnny Donaldson, Rip Torn, Eric Roberts, Doug Jones, Mike O'Malley, the Jack in the Box's Jack and the Patty Slammers dance crew, Oprah Winfrey, and DMX as Yorgle. That's Snow Yeti, coming this holiday season. All still, bro!